Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expositive story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. That's what David yells back at Saul. The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. First Samuel chapter 26 Verse 23, that's an idea that I want you to hang on to. The Lord rewards every man and woman for his or her righteousness and faithfulness. If you choose to do righteousness, if you choose to obey God, that's essentially what righteousness means here. If you choose to obey God's commands, do what he says in the Bible, And then God rewards you for your faithfulness, your faithfulness to keep those commands, to keep that obedience going, to keep it up, no matter what happens around you. The Bible says God is going to reward you for that. And and it says repeatedly, right, that David was a man after God's own heart. And that's what made him so special. That's what made him so great. And David is yelling across a ravine, the Lord rewards every man and woman for his righteousness or their righteousness and for their faithfulness. He yells it across to, to who? And where are we? And why in the world is David saying this? Well, David was hiding out in the wilderness, right? He had just about wiped out Nabal and his whole family, but the beautiful and discerning Abigail came along and said, Nope, don't do this, David. This isn't wise. This isn't smart. Don't do this. And so his rage calmed down, and he realized how dumb he was, and then Nabal dies, and then he marries Abigail, and then he, then he marries another wife named Ahinoam, He should not have married two wives, but that's what kings did back then. And then if you throw in that third wife that he sort of had called Michael, though Michael had been taken away from him. I mean, this is all not the greatest thing that David is doing in terms of acquiring wives. Because the Bible's perfect picture for marriage is one man and one woman for life. It was founded all the way back in Genesis with Adam and Eve. and, And David knew this. But David's also human and sinful and lives in his time, in his moment. And that's what all the kings did back then. All the big famous men, they acquired lots of wives. And so now he has two, or more like two and a half if you include Michael, but for sure two. And Abigail is probably a wonderful wife. And so is Ahinoam. And he's growing in stature and understanding and Again, he shouldn't have two wives, and this is going to cause some problems way later in his life. But 
For now, he's thinking to himself, I've got to keep running. I've got to keep hiding. And now he's got 600 men, 600 men that are with him. Well, he's off in the wilderness, in the holes in the ground and in the caves, hiding still. Now, how Abigail and Ahinoam stuck with him through all this says a lot for them. It's not the best situation, but he knows he has God on his side. He's writing some wonderful psalms during this time, and he's hiding there in the wilderness. Well, he's hiding on the hill of Hakala, which is a hard word to say. And he's hiding in the deserted area of the Ziphites. Well, we've met the Ziphites before, right? And the Ziphites aren't the nicest people to David. They turned him into Saul. They ratted him out. They snitched on him. Well, here in 1 Samuel 26, guess what? They snitch on him again. And in fact, they snitch on him so specifically, they tell Saul exactly where he is. They go to Saul and say, hey, isn't he on the hill of Hakalah, east of Jeshimon? That's where he's hiding himself with his 600 men and his wives and his families on the hill of Hakala, east of Jeshimon. It couldn't get more accurate than that. And Saul, who had promised earlier, right, when David didn't kill him in the cave when he was going to the bathroom, right? When David could have killed him, Saul says, you are God's anointed and I will chase you no longer. I am so sorry, well, that repentance doesn't last long. And Saul, when he finds out that he's hiding in the wilderness of Ziph, heads out with not one, not two, but 3,000 men, 3,000 of his army, to go against 600 of David in the wilderness of Ziph. I mean, that's where he's at. 3,000 versus 600 this isn't cool at all for poor David. And Saul, in fact, goes all the way to that hill of Hakala, which the Ziphites told him about. And he encamps there. And the way he encamped himself was he put all of the army around him. Basically, they encircled Saul. And in the middle, Saul stayed. And Saul slept. And Saul, he also had a bodyguard. and maybe even king and or commander of his army, and his name is Abner, okay? So Abner was his bodyguard and the commander of his army, and he stuck with Saul wherever he went. And whenever they would stop for a night or to sleep, they would make a big circle. And in the middle of that, Abner and Saul stayed. Why? Because it's the safest place to be. You're totally protected. Nobody can get you. You're surrounded by 3,000 men who have set up tents, made their horses stop to get some food, taken care of their donkey, got their spears and their knives and all their stuff, and they're camped around in this circle encampment in the middle of it all safe because if David's going to get this all, he's got to go through all these men. And if he goes through one side, people are going to hear about it and come to his defense on the other. So everything's cool. Everything's great. Everything is wonderful for Saul. And it's interesting to me how much Saul has to protect himself. 
I mean, this is how scared he is of David, right? David David was in a cave and could have killed him. Saul knows that David is on his side. Saul already struggles with evil spirits and things messing with his head. And so he's already got some anxiety and probably depression and probably, you know, again, discouragement. And he doesn't know what's happening. So out of paranoia and fear, he makes big, tough Abner stick with him. And they camp for the night. They've gone all the way to the wilderness of Ziph searching for David. They've come to the exact spot, the hill of Hakala, and they are encamped for the night, surrounded by his complete army. Abner and Saul are safe, snug as a bug in the proverbial rug, right in the middle. And they go to sleep. Now, Saul had a jug of water with him that he would wash himself with, and get a drink with and he also stuck his spear in the ground and then he put down his nice blanket and his nice pillow and Abner then would sleep next to him or a little bit away so that he could watch him and protect him and as the sun begins to set it's dark and Saul went to sleep sleeping away, thinking he's completely safe. He's probably dreaming of killing David the next day. Fire's crackling, it dies out, and he is asleep. But you know who's watching? David. And David has two friends with him. A guy named Ahimelech, the Hittite, and Abishai, Ahimelech and Abishai. And, and he says, okay, Ahimelech and Abishai, they're looking down, probably from their hill, on Saul's encampment. And they're seeing all these troops. And he's got his 600 men, and this is probably pretty frightening. But he sees them, and he's been hiding, and maybe he pokes his head out of a cave, out of a hole in the ground. And he sees him. And then, showing immense courage, David goes, Hey, 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 who will go down with me to the army? Who will go down with me? I don't know if his goal was to fight them at that point or his goal was to just do reconnaissance to see what was happening. Well, who will go down with me? And Himalek's like, Well, you know, I love you, David. You're my best friend. But uh, that 3,000 men we got to sneak by? No, I won't do it. And Abishai goes, I'll do it, David. I'll go with you. Let's do this. So David and Abishai, they sneak down the mountain. They go from rock to rock. They crawl along the ground. And finally, they're getting closer to the encampment. And there, they look up and they see, and maybe there was a full moon that night. They could see in the middle of all these men, in the middle of this encampment, lay Saul with his spear stuck in the ground and his buddy Abner laying next to him in this jar right there. Now, he's got 3,000 men between him and David. 
He's got this circle of men. So maybe he doesn't have to go through 3,000, but he has to at least go through 100. He's got to sneak past him. How in the world is he going to do this? Well, David, like I said, he trusted in God. He believed in God. When God said it, David believed it. And David believed that God rewards those who live righteously and faithfully. He, he's going to protect them. The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. When David heard God say that, when David read that in God's word, he believed it. And so he says, let's go. And so they start going towards him. They start sneaking closer and closer, and they get closer to the circle. And they think, all right, we may have to kill some men to get to Saul. And they pull out their swords. David and Abishai. And they get closer and closer. And <sighs> the men that are in the encampment. <sighs> David's about to kill him and he goes, Aah! I wonder if he yelled. I wonder if he made some noise. But David noticed probably the guy in the encampment didn't move at all. And what if David went over there and like poked him with his foot? <sighs> Nothing. And Abishai went over and, you know, nudged the other guy, elbowed him a little, and the man rolled around and moved. And just sleeping away. See, it says in the Bible, and I wonder if David and Abishai eventually worked it out, that the Lord had caused a deep sleep to fall upon the army. A deep, deep sleep. They were out! And so David and Abishai stroll through, and they walk all the way to Saul. And Abishai says, look, God has given the enemy into our hand this day. And look, the spear right here, you give it to me, and, and I'll pin him to the earth with one stroke of the spear. He's basically saying, I will drive the spear so hard through him, it will totally kill him. It'll destroy him. Let's do this. And I don't even think David and Abishai were whispering like this. I think they were talking out loud. Why? Because they realized there was a deep sleep on Abner, on Saul, on the whole army. They could have done anything they wanted to, and these people would sleep. Why? Because it came from the Lord. They trusted in the Lord. And Abishai says, let us strike him this day. Look, it's obvious the Lord has given him into our hands. And maybe Abishai went for the spear and David grabs his arm. Stop. We can't do it. We can't do it. He says, as the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him. Or, or, or his day will come to die in some battle and that's how he's going to die. And he says, the Lord forbid that I should put out my hand against the Lord's anointed. I can't do it. I can't kill him. The Lord has to kill him. He's living righteously. He's choosing right. David is choosing right. And he's living righteously again and again and again. They will have to choose to do right. You know, I'm going to choose to do right. I could kill him so easily. I so much want to do it, but I can't. So David says, look. Let's take the spear, 
poop, they pull it out of the ground. Let's take this jar, all right? <laughs> and let's take this jar of water and the spear and let's get out of here because we're going to show it to Saul later. This is his spear. This is his jar. What we could have done to him. So they left and they walked through the camp. Maybe they messed with some of the men's stuff or maybe they propped them up so they're standing up. So when they wake up, oh, they fell flat on their face. I don't know. But they went down a ravine, it seems, and they went to the other side where it would have been really hard for Saul and his men to get him. It would have taken them a long time to get all their stuff over this ravine. And they were far enough away that they couldn't kill them with their spears or shoot them with their arrows. They were far, far away. And they stood on top of this hill on the other side of a ravine. And as the sun begins to rise, they yelled out, Hey! Abner! Abner! And Abner oh, begins to wake up. And he hears his name. He goes, who, who are you? Who calls to the king? And David says, Abner, why have you not kept watch over the king? Because somebody's broke in to destroy your Lord. And Abner, who takes great pride in being commander of the army and the head bodyguard, he leaps up and he looks at Saul. Hey, hey, he's still alive. And maybe he wakes up Saul. And, but the spear is gone and the jar is gone. And David yells back, hey, you deserve to die because you have not kept watch over your Lord, the Lord's anointed. Look, I've got the spear, and I've got the water jug. You should have done better, Abner. You totally failed. Saul wakes up. He looks at Abner, and he hears all this yelling, and he can't find his spear. And he, and he looks down, and his water jug is gone, and he looks over, and there is David doing a little jig and a little dance. And he sees, I've got your jar, and I've got your spear, Saul. And if Saul was paranoid before, now he's super paranoid. He thought he was the safest of the safe, but the men were that asleep. Abner was that asleep. He was that asleep. If the Lord wanted to kill him, he could have. And then David says, why? Why, Saul, do you pursue me? What have I done? What evil is on my hands? Look, I could have killed you right then and there. You've pushed me out of Israel. I don't know if it's your ideas or some of your men. And, and you've pushed me out. And I could go to other countries and serve other gods, but I don't. And you've pushed me away from the presence of Yahweh. And I so much want to come back and worship. Then he says, you hunt for me like a single flea. And all this hair, you look for it, you look for it, you look for it, you can't find it. You, you can't find me, Saul, and you pursue me, and you've pushed me out of Israel so I can't worship Yahweh, and this is not what I deserve. And look, I could have killed you, Saul. I could have killed you, but I didn't. Saul then says, I've sinned. I'm so sorry. I can imagine his words echoing over the ravine, echoing off the mountain. 
He says, I will do no more harm to you because my life is precious in your eyes. I've acted foolishly and I've made a great mistake. I won't do it again, 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 again. This is what Saul says. And he's sad. I think at that moment he's genuinely repentant. But you know what? It's a lie. Because he said it before, right? When David could have killed him in the cave. He said it before, but but it was all a lie. Because how many months later when he had the chance to kill David, he forgot that he said, I will hunt you no more. All of a sudden he wanted to hunt him. And David holds up the jar and the spear. And he says, hey. Send over one of your men, and you can take it. <sighs> Sticks the spear on the ground. And you can take the jar. <sighs> Puts it down. And then he says, The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. I was faithful, and I was righteous to not kill the Lord's anointed. I was faithful, and I was righteous to obey his commands. I was faithful and righteous to honor the Lord. I could have killed you today, Saul, but I didn't, didn't, didn't. The Lord rewards every man or every person for obeying God and for obeying God again and again and again and again and again. One thing we can take from this, right, is David could have killed Saul. He could have done his own thing and done it in his own might. And in some ways, he sort of deserved it, right? Saul did. He's forcing David to live in the desert and the holes in the ground. This isn't a comfortable living, and he's been running away. And at any moment, his life could be killed, and he could have killed him right then and there. But David said, I'm not going to follow my own rage and anger. And maybe he learned from Abigail and his rage nearly killed Nabal. And, and, and his rage nearly caused a, a horrible thing to happen. And maybe he's learning there. And David's saying, I could have Saul, but I didn't. And I'm going to continue to live out here in the wilderness. I'm going to continue to run. I'm going to continue to hide. I'm going to do right because I know that the Lord rewards my righteousness and my faithfulness. I'll obey day in and day out, day in and day out. So when your mom asks you to put stuff away in your room, when your mom or dad asks you to clean up and you do it, yay, great. But then the next day when they tell you to do it, and that's when you throw a fit and go, nah, it's not fair, and you stomp and groan, I don't want to, no, 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 no. The Lord rewards righteousness and faithfulness. Do it the next day, do it the next day, do it the next day. You know, if you're an adult and you did the right thing at work today, you told the truth, and then the next day you have a chance to lie and you do it. And then you realize you shouldn't have. Or, or maybe you had a bad attitude at work or a bad attitude to a co-worker or your wife or your spouse or your husband. 
And you're like, oh, they just drive me nuts with that behavior that never goes away. And they always do it. And I forgave them yesterday, but I really can't forgive them today. I can't. And you just blow up and just, you know, let them have it. That's not what the Bible says, right? Next time you're tempted to just blow up at your husband or blow up at your wife because they deserve it. I bit my tongue yesterday. I want you to remember David. He could have killed Saul in a cave. He could have killed Saul with a spear. Both times he had the opportunity, but he chose obedience. And he chose faithfulness. He said, I'm going to leave it up to God. I'm going to trust God because that's what God wants me to do. Don't do things in your own strength. Don't do things in your own power. And then be faithful about it. And God will reward you. That's what the Bible says, right? 1 Samuel 26, verse 23. The Lord rewards every man, every woman, every child for doing right. And for being faithful. He'll reward you. It may not always be in this life. It may be in heaven someday. But I think sometimes he will reward you in the friends you make, in the blessing of a happy family, and a blessing of peace at work, and some of the things you don't even understand are going right because the Lord's working behind the scenes to make things right for you. Do not give up doing right and being obedient. Day in and day out. Choose right in whatever, wherever God's placed you. Be like David. So David chooses to do right. And Saul says, hey, go in peace. Uh, I, I can see that you truly are God's anointed. And he says, you will do many things and will succeed in them. You're, you're going to be king is essentially what he's saying. Go blessed. Go, David. And it says, David went his way. And Saul leaves, and they never see each other again. So they leave. And David did right. David chose right. But you know what's coming up? Dark moment for David. I think we come to a moment in David's life when he starts to doubt God. And we come to a moment in David's life where when he starts to get discouraged and instead of seeking God and seeking his face, he starts to make his own decisions, I think, without making God the center of those decisions. And, and you know what happens next? You know what happens? Well, if you come back next week, we will find out. But right now, let's rejoice with David. He's doing right. He's making right choices. He's obeying God because he knows the Lord, Yahweh, rewards those who choose righteousness and faithfulness. The Lord rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. Man, let's remember that this week. Don't give up doing right. Be faithful in doing right, and the Lord will reward you. That is a promise.
Thank you for listening to Bald Head Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week. Thank you.